This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team. Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. Welcome to Podcast for Columbus, recording live here on September 20th, 2020 from all around the greater Columbus area. I had to get that accurate because I got yelled at since technically I live um, up near Michigan. Um, and then I'm Todd Fichtenberg. You can find me at Toddick33 on Twitter. And with me is Dakota Stewart at Dakota Stewart and Cam McKay at Cam McKay97. How are y'all doing today? Pretty good. Always feels good after a win. Picking up three more points, top of the table, no complaints. Yeah, my mom texted me last night that the crew won. It's hard to believe. I'm like, um, actually, the top of the table. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, don't forget to use that hashtag AskP4C. I'm talking to you again, Todrick33. And go to the anchor.fm slash podcast for Columbus for all of our listening links, including Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, with that, let's get right in it. All right, so this is a segment where we review the most recent match, and this time, finally, we only have one match to talk about. Um, and last night, the crew played Nashville and beat them handily to zip. Um, your lineup was your typical 4-2-3-1 with Zardes up top, Mokhtar, Santos, and Diaz um, attacking mids, Arthur and Alashe holding mids, Valenzuela, Keita, Mensa, and Offal in the back and room in goal. Um, two things stood out to me. Um, one was it looks like Williams got the uh, Porter treatment and Kate is back in the lineup. I don't know if that'll be permanent. And then also Nagby, unfortunately, is still has always. So it'll be a few weeks till we see him again. Yeah, I like the, the switch up there with center backs. Um, even though Josh had had a couple good games, his last performance wasn't too great, and we haven't seen Booba for a while, so it was nice to get him back out there and see what he could do. Yeah, I'd agree. Spot on with that. Uh, I think having Kata back in there is always good. As a young player, you don't want to leave him out of the team for too long because um, it can kind of hurt their confidence a little bit. And I also think, for the most part, he's been better than um, Josh Williams this year. Um, as far as Nagby, I mean, it, we looked – we looked good last night. You could still kind of see spots where we missed him a little bit. Um, that's just going to be something where hopefully he comes back 100%, you know, in that two to three week window and we don't have to worry about it again. I hope, hopefully it's not a nagging thing. All right. So we actually had two goals this game, two very good goals. Um, one came from somebody that we never doubted here on this podcast. Never, ever Pedro. doubted. Never. There's, there's been so many people that doubted him, and none yeah. of them have been us. I actually think both of the goal scorers, many, many people doubted them. Yeah. Never us. Never us. So Santos, with, with actually a shot that wasn't directly at the goalkeeper, um, in the 50th minute, um, it was a lackluster 0-0 first half. <laughs> um, and then uh, Zarda's got an assist, but technically – it wasn't like a one-time or anything like that. It was uh, Santos took his time, lined up the shot, took it, and it went in beautifully. Yeah, it was a really good finish from Pedro. Um, 
And I think like he's, we saw that ability last year um, with some of the goals that he scored um, this year. He hasn't even really gotten that many shooting opportunities. It feels like. And when he has like, I mean, the goal he scored was kind of a tap in. Um, and then other than that, like he hasn't been as involved as he was last year, which obviously is due to the fact that we have more scoring options this year. Um, but it's just a really good finish at a point in the game where we really needed a good finish like that. And then the second goal, as the crew won the game 2 nothing, just in extra time, the third minute extra time, there's that cheeky back hill from Zardes. Um, a play that was started by Lucas and a nice low cross from our tour. And we're up 2 nothing. and it looks like on the score sheet that we won handily. Um, but I'll take the three points. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that play particularly, I liked it because it started all the way from the back. It was a pretty good counterattack. Lucas broke free. It was a 3v4, uh, three men for Columbus. And then eventually uh, Etienne was catching up also to, to bring it 4v4, but didn't really play any part in the play. But yeah, that, that was fantastic from uh, from Lucas. Uh, good to uh, see Arthur going that far up the pitch almost looked like a winger for a little bit <laughs> and then that was a perfect perfect pass from Arthur and Jossie can't can't really like knock him at all for for the for the back heel so that was amazing and it looked like it was in slow motion yeah yeah I think at that point like at that point in the game I was still pretty confident with the win but getting a second goal like obviously seals it um the pass from Arthur was like a really good pass. Um, really, I mean, it was just a really good low cross pass across the box, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and honestly, I was impressed with it more so because, you know, I think in a game where you're pretty comfortable, like with, you know, only a minute or so left, Nashville not very threatening. I think a lot of players, like especially center midfielders who never really are that far up the pitch, you know, scoring opportunities, Honestly, I think would have just shot that on their own. Like, even when the pass was going to Arthur, I was like, he's just going to blast this near post yeah. and it's going to – maybe it'll fly over. I mean, maybe it'll score. But um, I was impressed that he just was – Zardes is making a run across the box. I'm just going to play it to him because I, I think a lot of players, like, in that position would have just taken a shot one time, which the pass was clearly the correct option. And then, I mean, the finish from Zardes, like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't – perfect but it was pretty pretty good like yeah. I um I mean it, it were a little fortunate because it did kind of roll in like I think that doesn't it doesn't necessarily go in every single time but it was it was just the fact that he just in that moment thought like all right you know I'm gonna play this you know off inside off, off my inside foot into the far corner like I mean it's just a good finish it's the type of thing like you know when you're just kicking around with your friends you're trying to do yeah exactly it was more uh it's just different it was a different goal he's like hey i'm going to try this and it worked yeah and that that particular play um just going back like to the beginning like lucas could have taken his shot like he was setting himself up good as kim mentioned arthur could have taken his shot as well and i, I just like that attack in general like the the defense for nashville and the goalkeeper really had no idea what we were planning on doing because there were so many open options and people were getting in the right spaces. So it was great to see, especially in the dying minutes of the game, that they were still pushing, trying to get that second goal. Yeah, it's the, it's the patience and, like, the commitment to, like, the system. That was really just impressive to me because I think years past, games past, different players, like, there were so many ways that, like, 
somebody just gets I don't even want to say selfish but like the fact that like we were just so focused on getting the best chance possible it seemed to like just seal the game was just great great to see yeah well we already mentioned um that Lucas was playing um but it was exciting to see him come back in the 70th minute as he got subbed on from Akhtar Um, and then the other substitutions were Etienne came on for Diaz um, in the 76, and then kind of a little formation change. Well, not formation change, but a position change as Lucas went to a spot in the middle, Diaz went to the right. And then um, I was a little disappointed with the last-minute substitution. I feel like since it was Chrissy Cad's birthday, I feel like I feel like Caleb should have thrown him a bone and brought him on, you know, as a time-wasting sub, you know, maybe 90 plus one. But instead, Jimenez came on for Santos. Um, but anyways, wishing – Chrissy Cadd's a very happy birthday and can't wait to have him on the podcast. I won't understand a word he's saying, but I'm excited to have him on the podcast. Cadd's lads. <laughs> Hashtag Cadd's lads, that's right. Anything really exciting about the um, substitutions? I know that Lucas obviously had a major impact in the second goal, um, but it turns out it was an unnecessary goal because we would have won anyways, won nothing, but, uh, but, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, I mean, the subs were all fine. I mean, Personally, I would like to see Diaz stay on a little longer, but maybe he was tired. Maybe they saw something where Etienne offered something different to kind of close out the game. And, I mean, wingers are always kind of one of those positions that you're just going to sub as the game goes on. Um, But I did think Diaz was not necessarily – I don't think he had the best game, but he was very lively, Mm -hmm. um, constantly just up and down, up and down, um, kind of showed why – I like him in the starting eleven. why I like him on the field as much as possible. Because um, even if he's not scoring goals and creating chances, he still just gives us so much. Um, but then Etienne came on and he was fine. Um, the Lucas sub, I kind of, I was kind of hesitant about it. Cause like, even though we were only up one zero, like at halftime, I definitely wanted like him to come on at some point, but like Nashville really did not scare me at all at any point, especially in the second half. Like it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty uh, straightforward, like it was a pretty straightforward game. Like they just never really threatened. And so I was a little concerned, like, uh, what if he just takes an unnecessary like tackle or something like that? Um, just cause I mean, he is like along with Nagby when he comes back, it's just, they're players that are so important to us long-term. It's just, you don't, you just, you're almost, you're almost scared to play him in a sense. Um, yeah. And so like, but it was good to see him get on. And I mean, looked very good in the shortest space of time. And then I kind of agree when Jimenez come on. Like, I was kind of expecting Cadden to come on. I just kind of thought he was a little bit higher in that pecking order than Jimenez was. But, um, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's just a sub to get one of your better attacking players who's been all over the place, probably a little tired um, off the pitch and close up the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was no – yeah, there was no egregious sub like there have been in games past. <laughs> yeah, and he used them up. Well, I actually didn't because you get four now, but uh, but still, at least he used him wisely. Yeah, he really did do a good job using all of his subs. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't use them. Um, yeah, he, that's why he had a fourth one to bring Chrissy Cat yeah. down. Right. Oh man, now I'm mad at Caleb. It's over. Yeah, uh, I was just going to add on to the substitutions. Like, I thought that they were all pretty good. Um, the only thing, I, I would agree, uh, leaving Diaz on maybe um, in that instance, I don't know. I, I would have been comfortable taking Pedro off, uh, especially with Lucas already on the field, just to kind of get that feel with uh, Lucas and uh, Diaz out there, see if they can uh, ping pong off of each other 
both being pretty fast and uh, in- intelligent players. Um, and then Pedro already having the goal, already did his part in the game to help us get forward, maybe rest him for Wednesday since we do have just a short little couple of days of rest. Yeah, I know that this is my cup of tea, but um, this referee, Petrescu, he's one of my least favorite. Oh, my gosh. I can't stand him even before um, I had somebody text me like, oh, he's not that bad. I'm like, yes, he is. He was awful. He literally stops the play every 10 seconds. He's behind the play. And then he booked it. it. When, at the end of the game, there's three to three yellows. But, I mean, I don't know what his deal with was. It's like he had an anti-crew agenda at the beginning of the game. But, oh, I just can't stand him. Yeah, because, like, there were several instances <laughs> where he – clearly favored Nashville because room got taken out coming back from injury. That's hideous to see. Like I, I was very concerned seeing him down. Uh, same thing with Bubakeda. He took a knock, was down for a good bit. Diaz got hit real hard. And it's just like, for Diaz. Yeah. yeah that yeah. one was, Actually, I was calling for penalty because it was clear. He got pushed. And I know on the broadcast, Jordan was saying, Oh, well, he just put up his – I can't remember who the defender was. He's just putting his arm up to, to protect his space. But he literally pushed Diaz into the – and he landed yeah, yeah. hard. That should have been at least a VAR check. I mean, yeah, it would have harsh, but it should have been a check. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised I didn't check that. Um, I think the thing – like, no disrespect to any high school referees out there, but, yeah. like, the thing about, like, what you say his name was Petrescu. Petre- I'm not, yeah. a, not a huge ref guy. But um, he just – it almost was like he was out of shape and maybe oh, that's yeah. like, like, it just like, like he was just constantly like behind the play. Like you'd, there'd be a play going and he would just stop and like start breathing, like breathing real heavy. And I'm like, why is this like, why is this guy refereeing a professional yeah. game? Always. Like, I it's just, overweight like you said, constantly. Rest. Yeah. Like you said, constantly just behind the play. Like there, I mean, there was just, there were times where he wasn't on the screen, which was like, yeah, that's wait, like where where the ref go? Like, but I mean, I don't know. It, I don't think it was a horrible, horrible game. Like ref, like there was nothing terrible, but it's just there were so many little things that I feel like he either like mismanaged or got wrong. Um, I think even like I think Nashville could have gotten quite a few more yellow cards than they did, but. Um, yeah, there was another I mean, instance yeah. that stood out to me anyway. Uh, the ball or the play had stopped, and uh, it looked like Booba got tangled up with one of the other players for Nashville. And uh, it, it looked like the Nashville player was like kind of kicking Booba off and like got up in his face. And then some other uh, Nashville player came up and was, you know, trying to rip Booba off, like pulling his jersey and everything. Booba gave him the shove, and he was the only one that walked away with a yellow. Yeah, I don't understand so, that play I either. That was oh. stupid. <laughs> there should have been two yellows or no yellows on that play. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, the word Cam used management is just, he just does not manage the game. Well, you'd think if you, if you did manage it well, um, there'd be fewer yellow cards. And again, not that it took away from us winning or any calls hurt us, but man, I just can't stand watching a game that's so ruined with just nonstop stoppages. It's just not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then while we're on referees, I'll just mention that I really hate the new, uh, offside thing where they wait forever because yeah. there was one uh, one play where Diaz take it, took it down yes. all the way to the shot and like I, I don't know it could have been called back like at least Horrible 15 shot. seconds before <laughs> yeah that's yeah I can't remember if we talked about that a couple weeks ago but I had put that on Twitter too like why did they, they literally I can't remember who the player was but he had the ball he dribbled the ball he, he passed the ball 
they kicked the ball towards the net, then they blew the whistle. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's such a waste of time. It's a total, if it's that obvious, just call it. Just put the flag up. Um, and so, Dakota, you were at that game, right? Yeah. yeah. So how was your experience? Was it fun? Was it uh, with the crowd being smaller? Was it? Yeah, like um, I was kind of hesitant at first whether I was going to go or not. Um, but then after thinking about it, you know, maybe just the last couple of moments uh, or last couple of games to enjoy at Montfrey. So um, took advantage of that. Um, I got the email because it's only open to season ticket members at the moment. So I got the email. I could either choose the Nashville game or the Minnesota. And I just chose Nashville just because I haven't seen Nashville in person. And um, it, it's a Saturday and super clean, super easy. Uh, get a much. Everybody was wearing masks the entire time, except for, you know, eating or drinking or whatever. But um, yeah, it was good. Everybody was spaced out. They had ushers uh, walking up and down the uh, the stairs there, making sure everybody was wearing a mask. If they weren't, they, you know, just gave them the little hand signal, pull it back up or whatever. But yeah, fa- fantastic time. Um, I would definitely recommend anybody that was kind of hesitant on going. It, it's definitely a safe, safe atmosphere. What section did you sit in? Um, I was in 110, so I was in the south end, um, same side as Nordic, because on the other side where all the uh, uh, um, like media booths and everything, all the players' families sit over there on that side. So that kind of had that separated uh, player families is on one side, and then the rest of the fans are on the Nordic side. Um, so I was over there kind of down on the south end. Um, so I got to see both goals right in front of me, which was pretty cool. That is cool. Now, uh, in your section, would you say that it was pretty spread out? Yeah, it was it was pretty spread out. Um, I don't think um, we had a group of people maybe two rows down from us, and then the group of people two rows up from us. So I think they spread it out every other or every two rows. They kind of grouped um, people there. Uh, when when I had to get my tickets, I was only able to buy just two tickets because I have two season tickets. Um, so you you have to like select on the map like uh, so there's going to be two people here and then maybe like four people down the way so yeah it was it was good and um, spaced out and everything nobody was really on top of each other so that was good yeah that's good I'm still on the fence on whether um, I'm ready to go back and not in terms of like 1500 fans but in terms of like um, I like the fact that my cost for the 2020 tickets are being credited to 2021 so I can focus all my energy yeah. and time and money on that new stadium. I mean, I love Mafre historically. Like, I think it's cool. It's the first soccer-specific stadium. But honestly, I don't really care if I ever go back there again. So <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe if Finley wasn't injured, maybe I'd go Wednesday. But even then, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I want to go back for a crew, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be nice. yeah. Was, we need more information on crew, too, because they've kind of, like, just put that on the off to little, the side and haven't really yeah, said anything. I'm a little it. concerned that it may get postponed. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. The current administration isn't exactly um, transparent, anyways. So at least they don't lie to us outright like the previous administration. But <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Starting eleven. Well, this is a segment where we typically t- rate the players with four being the worst, six being average, but um, we thought we'd switch it up a little bit so we don't constantly say, well, they didn't do anything bad, they didn't do anything great. Um, so I'm pretty excited about who you think the man of the match is because in all the Twitter player polls, there are probably about 27 of them, uh, uh, <laughs> they all seem to have a different four. So I think that that's a good thing. And I, granted, it was a 2 nothing win, but... Um, I'll start with, actually, I think I know who Cam will say. So I'll start with Dakota on this one. Um, who's your man of the match? 
Uh, for me, I'm going to say Jesse Zardes. Um, I think he played a huge role in this game, particularly had the assist for Pedro's goal, obviously had his own goal later on in the game. But um, even aside from those two plays, he was coming back, helping the midfield, winning balls, uh, fighting, uh, fighting the defense like constantly. Um, so, so I think he really hustled, um, which isn't anything new because we've seen him do that all season, which is fantastic. But I think he had a spectacular game. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say he, he was definitely the stick-up player for me. All right. What about you, Cam? Oh, uh, yeah. So, for me, I'm going to say Artur. Um, I was pretty hard on him after the last game. And by no means is that why I'm giving him man of the match today. I'm giving him man of the match because I just thought he was excellent. Um, I mean, obviously, assisting a goal at the end is, I mean, is a really good play, especially for a center midfielder. But I thought compared to – the two previous games that we've played without that he's that uh, he's played without a uh, Nagby, um, I thought he really um, I thought he really controlled the midfield and him and Alashe really controlled the midfield a lot better than they have in previous games. Uh, there were some struggles with a little bit at the beginning, and I mean, you can still kind of see where you're missing Nagby, but I also don't expect him to be Nagby. Um, I just thought overall, like he just kind of ran the game really well. He was, I mean between both teams. He was the best uh, midfielder on the field, um, stopped quite a few Nashville kind of breaks. Um, I just thought it was a really good game from him. Um, maybe not his best game this year, but um, I think with the offensive contribution, um, just a really, really good game from Artur. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Harrison Awful because I thought he had probably his best game of the season um, yeah. as well. And I think if he had, you know, given a little bit more offensively in the attacking third, um, which is kind of what he's known for. But I think if he had done a little bit more there, he could have been right there as man of the match. But, um, I mean, defensively, he – I mean, honestly, he probably saved two or three plays that would have been shots right on goal from Nashville. And I thought, like, defensively, he just kind of shut down that Nashville left side um, throughout the game. So, Arthur Harrison Offal, both excellent games, both bounce-back games from – uh, how they played last week. Yep. All right. Well, my man of the match goes to Santos. I just, for whatever reason, I know he's getting, we've even us have given a few, given a little bit of crap um, um, for not really producing. So he finally produced and not only did he produce, but he produced in an excellent way. He, with that goal, he also did other, um, had other chances that he'd created. Um, I also think that Awful gets a shout out for that great bicycle clearance in the 28th. I know we love it. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) And the other one, Mensa, I I thought Mensa was actually, um, he put his body on the line. And I I know that's kind of one of those sports cliches, but for Pete's sake, I mean, I swear he could have got three concussions that game. He's like heading into balls and getting kneed in the head. And I was like, hey, if that's what you're going to do to keep the ball out of the net, I guess uh, that's good. Um, My only, and I saw Cam, you had, well, I guess I'll go ahead and read the Ask P4C results. And I had selected Santos, Sardis, Room, and Mensa. Um, Zardis got 40%. Santos got 36%. Room got 16%. Mensa with 8%. And then um, a vote in for Artur. Um, not that Artur didn't have a good game, but my only beef with him was he played a little bit excessively aggressively that game, I thought. Um, maybe the actual time he got booked was a little bit soft. Um, but I thought, man, you're on a yellow. <laughs> Can we relax a little bit? But on the other hand, maybe that's what you want to see from your holding midfielders. You want to see them go all in because we haven't really had an enforcer type since Chani. So. 
Yeah, um, aside from uh, my pick with Zardes, I, I did want to highlight Mensa as kind of my second guy. Um, he was fantastic in defense, like you mentioned, but um, not only that, like he completed 92% of his passes. He only missed five out of uh, his 59 attempts. So he, he completed 54 passes, 72 touches, which is great for a center back, having that confidence back there. Four clearances, three block shots. So he was kind of just everywhere, but like, he, like he's known to do. So I, I think he had a fantastic game. Nashville wasn't too... Uh, too dangerous in their attack, but he, he still got the job done. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree on the uh, on the Mensa point. Um, one last thing to add just about Pedro. Um, I think one thing like about his game that kind of has gone underlooked because everybody is so focused on like production, production, production. And I think for the most part, if you look at the totality of his last kind of year and a half, like this season plus last season, um, he has produced and um, so it's good to see again another go- another goal this week um, but one thing about his game is like I don't know I, I'd have to look like I don't even know if I have access to this but I'd have to look and see what his like total ground covered is but like one thing I really appreciate appreciate about Pedro especially when he's kind of playing that number 10 roles he just covers so much ground like he I mean for an attacking player like he gets back more on defense than anybody um, and I just really appreciate kind of his hustle and kind of hardworking mentality as a creative player, because, you know, some creative players, if they don't have the ball, they just kind of chill. So I, I appreciate like his ability, like I appreciate the complete player that Pedro Santos is. And he had a very good game last night. Yeah. His heat map is pretty crazy for last night. Like it's pretty much all over the place, especially uh, obviously on, on his side of the field uh, going forward, but you can, you can see like there's definitely a highlight in the defensive end also where he does work. Yeah. Part of that too, is it was uh, like effective work. Cause like I used to tease, um, you know, like Martinez and maybe Argudo a little bit that they are doing nonstop work, but not really anything that effective. Um, and so a little bit Merrimask too. Marin would have, would hustle back on defense more than some of our other attackers. Um, so least impressive player. Um, I thought that that would be a new category that was it pretty hard because I mean, the first half was lackluster and boring, but I didn't really see anybody stick out as poor. Um, so if I have to pick on a player, it'll be the only attacking player who didn't really contribute to any goals. And that's Diaz, even though I don't think he, I don't think he was bad. I just don't think he was like on fire as he's, it has been. Um, that's the only thing I can come up with. He didn't really contribute directly to any um, offensive. Um, I, I would disagree there. I think Diaz, uh, he he didn't uh, continue, uh, contribute to either of the goals, but he still played and, uh, you know, drew defenders out, creating more chance for, for everybody else. So I, I think Diaz, uh, we see him improving his game, game by game. So I think any moment now, his goal is coming or, or another assist or something, but he's definitely improving, definitely better than the, the first couple of games that we saw him back after the MLS's back tournament ended. But uh, for me, least impressive player this game, I would probably say Yunus Mokhtar. Didn't really play too much uh, going, going forward. Only had 31 touches uh, the whole game. Um, he, he only played 70 minutes, but uh, but still, like, didn't really really get into the game that, that I saw very much. Um, so, Yeah, I was going to say Eunice, uh, Eunice as well. You kind of covered everything there. Um, I think he's really the, like, only one who didn't have, like, at the very least, like, an average game. Um Alasha, I thought, has looked better in previous games than he did um, last night. But 
that's about all I can kind of nitpick. I mean, at this point, we've talked about every player besides Milton and Eloy, and both of them I thought had good games as well. So Yeah, agreed. All right, is there any other particular players, good or bad, middle, ugly, that you want to uh, talk about? I did think Room, I might, you guys might think I'm crazy. I thought he looked a little shaky sometimes. He made me very nervous, but he still got the shutout, so I'm not really that concerned about it. <laughs> I thought I thought he looked pretty solid. He definitely had a couple good saves, um, especially one. It ended up being called offside, uh, but it was a very hard ball to get to. The, what, down, the low one? I think. Yeah, the, the low yeah, one on the was... left side or whatever, I think. But, yeah, that was great for him to get to the ball, but it wouldn't have counted either way if it had gone in. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. I think we pretty much have covered the entire team. All right. Hydration break. Crew in the news. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to go on here. Um, we know that Wormhorse is going to still be out for several months. Um, Lucas was back, which is good, but apparently Nagby picked up a meniscus knee injury. Um, he'll be out two to three weeks. So I don't know if that'll take us through the end of phase two or not, um, but that was kind of – I wasn't – aware that that was happening yeah it's it's unfortunate to lose a player of Nagby's type uh, just because he is so good and he is such an important piece in our team but um, as we've seen this game and the previous game we can play without him and we can still get results so it's definitely a a change from years past where you know last year we lost one of our uh, a couple of our key players and really struggled Uh, the same thing has happened throughout the years but this year I think we have a really good solid squad and everybody steps up whenever, whenever needed. So um, kudos to Arthur and kudos to Alash, uh, Alash and Burhalter, all the midfield guys that are stepping up. Yeah. And Adi yeah. Also, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Cam. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I think like it's a tough blow, like for Nagby. Um, but again, like, like uh, Dakota said, I think, I mean, as we saw last night, we can win without him. I still think like, um, as long, I mean, really as long as Jonathan Mensa and Jesse's artists stay healthy, I think that gives us a pretty good chance of winning because we have enough, enough pieces everywhere else on the field to kind of fill in um, for a couple of games here and there. Um, it's just with Nagby, you just, just don't want to see it more than a couple of games because I think still, like, as far as trying to compete for the supporter shield, get, you know, number one seed in the East, um, I think we do need Nagby as much as possible. And and if and we're not going to win a cup without him either. So right now it doesn't look like anything that would put that in jeopardy, but um, it's just hopefully he can get right. Yeah, and yeah, Nashville wasn't really that great of a competition. Um, but um, yeah, I would get more worried if we, as we play um, more difficult teams. I did forget to mention we, of course, were yellow on the field. That was very good. Um, and it was hilarious that the crew – uh, official Twitter tweeted that out a couple of days ago. And I'm like, that shouldn't it have even been a thing. That should have been a given that we were going to wear yellow at home against a yellow and blue team. Yeah, they're not yellow nice. and black, by the way. I've heard other podcasts say that they're also yellow and black. They're not. They're yellow and blue. Um, so they're Michigan, basically. And it's not even like the same type of yellow. It's, it's like a greenish yellow, which is disgusting. It's not yeah, our it, nice, clean, royal yellow. That's right. <laughs> not gold. Yeah, <laughs> but yellow canary yellow. Um, Adi was also on the medical list uh, on um, on the injury report um, as not medically cleared, which I think that just means undisclosed injury. Um, so I'm not sure if that's short or long, or if anybody's heard anything since the game about that. Yeah, I have no details on that. 
On the no plus idea. Yeah, on the plus side, um, moving on to the table, Cruz sits at the top of the table with 27 points. They're five points clear of both, both Orlando and Toronto and are even on games played. So it's looking good for the Columbus crew. Um, the part that still blows me away is the plus 16 goal differential. I don't, in my entire history as a crew fan, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a positive uh, goal differential, even when yeah. we did well. So it's amazing. We've scored 20 and conceded four. So um, that is pretty awesome. So I think the next thing we have to do is preview the next game. And that's what this segment is, the segment where we discuss the upcoming match. On Wednesday at 7, we will play Minnesota United at home again. So, Dakota, you said you have to choose um, one, one or the other match? Yeah, that's right. So they are kind of just limiting people, you know, give everybody an opportunity, whoever wants to go out. So uh, the 1,500 people that went to the game uh, against Nashville, I don't believe that they have the option to go to, or I didn't at least have the option to buy tickets to the Minnesota game. Interesting. Maybe they will, though, because I know that, yeah. like, I got, like, so many emails throughout the day constantly asking me if I wanted to get tickets. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I, know. I, it's, it seemed like they were kind of struggling to get rid of them. But. Yeah, I think yeah, it was I just, like, too. the initial pre-sale. You, you had to choose one or the other. But I'm sure, if, obviously, if there's still tickets available, anybody that would like to go can still get tickets online. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was just how the pre-sale thing was set up. You just had to choose one or the other. Just initially. And you could also you could also just buy the tickets that uh, season ticket members are selling to fans of the other team. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only way to Cincinnati that needs to stop. No, there were uh, there was there, at the game? there was a. I mean, I saw one picture of a, of a Nashville yeah. fan. On Twitter, I saw but... there was a group um, of about I don't know five six guys uh, that I saw walking in at the beginning um, for team warmups. Uh, they were just standing off to the south end cheering for the Nashville players that were warming up. But um, those those were the only ones I saw. I didn't see very many. I have a random question. Did the Nashville players acknowledge the uh, those five or six away fans? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I didn't even look because I was watching our, our players warm up. Yeah, but the reason to ask is it just, I mean, it just seems like a bad idea to travel from cities. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the great news, well, for Minnesota, not for us, but, you know, the Kai Finley connection is coming back as Kai Kamara now signed for his 27th MLS club, um, Minnesota United, that was made official yesterday, so nice. um, that's like a wet dream, I mean, that's like a dream there, um, pretty exciting, um, too bad he's such a locker room cancer, <laughs> but I, I have no idea if he'll be available Wednesday, oh man, that would, <laughs> he would love to make all kinds of nasty comments about Columbus if he was, I but would assume he would not be. What's that? I think I would assume he would not be traveling okay. if he like just got signed or. Oh, that's true because they cleared his medical. They might. They played home last night, I believe. Minnesota. I feel like he. I don't know. I saw a picture of him in a uh, Minnesota jersey, but I don't know if it was like for the game or whatnot. It might have even just been an edit. I didn't. Yeah. I don't really care, so I didn't look into it. <laughs> um, I think. Yeah. I mean. Kai Kamara, I think at this point is like either a really good backup striker or a really low end starter. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's almost like he has like a Panini sticker book with all the MLS teams, and he's just trying to like collect them all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he like it's just I feel like every every like nine months he's moving somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't even know if it's a good acquisition or not. Like. Yeah. 
I guess he gives them somebody they can throw crosses at, which I mean, I think they are a pretty good set piece team, so he should fit in, fit in nicely just as a just as an option for them. I don't know, we'll see. You want to do watch so they pretty pretty similar to Burhalter ball with just lobbing crosses into the box. Um, so that, <laughs> that's why they that's why they grabbed him. Um, but their Minnesota's injury list is insane. So Tyler Miller out for the season with hip surgery. Ike Parra has an undisclosed injury. Um, Amarilla has ankle injury. Ozzy Alonzo, who's a piece of trash, has a hamstring injury. Um, Ethan Finley will be out with uh, knee meniscus, same injury as Nagby, so I guess they're buddies, you know, Nagby and Finley, the greatest players the U.S. men's national team has ever seen. Um, and then, Greg, I have no clue how to say this guy's last name. Ranjit Singh has a knee injury. And Aaron Schoenfeld is questionable, so he might be, um, according to the Minnesota media, it looks like he might play. Um, Aside from all of those injuries, uh, another player to highlight that will be out against the uh, – against the Columbus crew on Wednesday is young. Don't take my refereeing away from me. Huh? Don't take my refereeing away from me. No, no, you can keep that. (laughs) But yeah, uh, young Gregus is going to be out. Uh, He got a red card in the game last night against Houston. So that's a big hit for Minnesota because he's basically their Nagby. Um, So I guess it'll even things out in the midfield. Yeah. I, uh, um, I tweeted that out last night. Your boy Tadrick 33 broke that. Um, No, he, uh, Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah, the thing about um, Gregusha, he's like, I feel like he's a bogey. That's how they say it on the, on the broadcast. Yeah. So, um, but it's like he is like our bogeyman. I feel like when we play them, like he's, for whatever reason, he seems to like, we're not able to stop him. Um, but there's a lot of Minnesota fans on the Twitter saying, what did he do? I didn't see anything. But when they posted the picture, he just swung his arm out like at a guy's face. And everybody's like, oh, they're going to overturn that. I don't think they will. Because um, they're trying to make a point of not having, you know, blows to the head. Um, and plus, he grabbed the, the ref's arm um, when he was given a red card. So I think that – I don't think the league overturns that. I think that's like an automatic yeah. red card on its own, touching the ref. Yeah, that's how I feel too. So I, I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll let this one go. Uh, but they had a 2-2 draw last night against Houston. Um, and I think they, they were doing really well. They were fifth for a while. Um, but I think they're going to slip the more injuries they have. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I don't know how to say this guy's name either. It's Lode, Lode or something like that, L-O-D. Um, he's a really good scorer for them. I think he scored a goal. I think he scored the goal um, in the MLS's cutback against us. Um, and Molino is still playing. So those are two guys to look out for. But uh, but they dropped eighth based on that tie. They're 5-4-3. and three, So I don't even really think that, that they're, that they're wor- as worrisome of a team right now. Yeah, and just a fun stat in their last five games as the away team. They have not won any. Uh, four oh. losses, one draw last night, uh, but haven't won on the road since um, August first. All right. We also don't. Good. We also don't lose at home. So. Yeah. We don't lose. No, but <laughs> they, they scored twenty three um, and have had nineteen scored on them, but there's still a positive plus four goal differential. So I think there'll still be goals even with all those people out, um, but I think they will be on the low end of the goals, and I definitely think that. The crew will be victorious after this match. So I guess with that, we can go into score predictions. I've already wrote one down. I don't care if you guys have the same ones. Um, but we'll start with Coda. What's your score prediction on this game? Um, I think it, it'll be kind of interesting because it, it's uh, a different Minnesota team than what we saw in the MLS is back tournament. Um, they're missing a lot of key players, so I think they're going to struggle. Um, I want to say crew wins 2-0. Yeah, I think they were in the past. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think there I think there will be some squad rotation from us. Um, I still think Minnesota even slipping is a little bit better than um, Nashville um, based on what I've seen. I don't know if that's – maybe that's not true. I've kind of not watched as much Western Conference recently um, as I did right at the start of the year. Um, I'm going to say 2-1. I think it'll be a little bit more – It'll definitely be a little bit more challenging um, than the national game for us. I think uh, maybe it's tied one-one, and we get the get the winner, you know, midway through the second half, something like that. Um, I still think it will be a kind of a comfortable win. All right, so we're all predicting a win. I predict a three-one crew win. Um, I know that we've been getting the shutouts, but I do think even with all the injuries, they do have some scoring um, on their bench. Or, I'm sorry, not on the bench, but scoring who will play. Um, but Nashville, the actual score is 2 nothing, which is the prediction that both Coda and Cam made. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get that third goal. They didn't put Chrissy Cads on to get that third goal. Um, so I only got one lousy point. So that means I'm dead last. Go figure. I got three points from the season. Um, Cam and Max are tied for four and in first place. <laughs> Is Dakota Stewart with six whole points? Let's go, Nagby points. So, well, I think that does it. Um, use that hashtag AskP4C. Let us know what you think of our um, new format. Try not to make it super long, but as informative as always. Um, you guys have any last thoughts before we take off? Um, I'd just like to point out that Columbus is the greatest team the world has ever seen. That's oh, thank you. Much it. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> so, anyways, for Dakota Stewart at Dakota Stewart and Cam McKay at Cam McKay97, I'm, I'm Todd Fichtenberg. You can find me on Twitter at Toddick33. And don't forget to use that hashtag AskP4C. Stay safe and see you next time. Bye, Mokolumbus. <laughs>